Good evening and welcome back to the Bloody Bizarre podcast. My name is Emma. I'm Sarah. Yeah, welcome back. Hope you enjoyed last week's app. What was it? Joanne Matuk Romain? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good one. Infuriating, but good. Yeah. I'd love to know what people think. Mm, um, no messages, no DMs yet. But <laughs> <laughs> Well, on the night that we were recording this, it, I did have just like literally just uploaded it after I left, before I left the house. Oh, okay. So yeah. it's like only just gone up. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um, oh, shout out to new listener Drew who sent me a DM telling us that we're funny, which I really appreciate. That's the kind of feedback that I want to hear. <laughs> and nothing else. Nothing else. <laughs> no, I, I do want to hear negative feedback as long as it's like... Instructive. Yeah. Just, um, you know, what do they call it? Sandwich compliments where you, oh, yeah. you have a compliment, then the criticism, then another compliment. Yeah. Soften the blow. Yeah. Um, anything else up top you want to mention? No, I don't think so. Hopefully the website will be back up soon. This is not my fault anymore. Becky? I don't even think Becky listens. Becky? <laughs> what? She's one of the founding one of the founding people of I mean, this podcast. Because I see where people listen and I don't see anyone from London listening. I'm going to message her. I'm going to confront the, her after this. There is like a UK not applicable, so that could be her. But um, I'm going to confront her after this and be like, Becky... <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> it's just not her thing. <laughs> it's rude. She just doesn't like the hosts. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, yeah, there's nothing else. You can jump in, I guess. Yeah. Okay. I was just going to – it's also very funny, our setup here. <laughs> like, I was thinking about – somebody said that we should – you know how other podcasts, they will, um, like, video record some yeah. of their stuff and then post those videos, like, post snippets? Yeah. Imagine – ours being recorded the way that we are right now (laughs) yeah it's it's ridiculous it's yeah we've got no like proper place to actually record so it's just like well at the moment we're both perched on opposite ends of my bed i've got a like kitchen stool holding my microphone up emma's got two books it's it's uncomfortable (laughs) it's uncomfortable and it is not conducive to good sound quality no it's it's silly. What are you gonna do? Well, I'm trying to create a little pod recording area in my one of, one of my spare rooms. Um, all right, my one today hopefully will be a bit of a longer one because I know that my last couple have been quite short, and this one is quite involved. So okay. there's a lot to it. So today I'm telling you about the family cult, the okay. Australian cult, the family. Okay. Um, I've got quite a few sources. So the Netflix series, The Cult of the Family, um, Wikipedia. Wikipedia was interesting because when you type in the family and it pops up with their stuff, they refer to them as a new age group, not a cult. Oh. Um, but later on, they, they're like, it's been described as a cult. But yeah, in the like little parentheses. It what says is a new, new age group? I don't know. I yeah. don't know. But okay. it, I mean, it's very much a cult. Yeah. <laughs> okay abc.net.au, Sydney Morning Herald, an article called Family Ties by Chris Johnston, wrldrels.org, leocontent.acu.edu.au, a case study called Human Dignity and Forced Adoption in Australia, loyally.com.au, supremecourt.vic.au, and the book Zealot by Joe Thornley. Did my research with this one. 
The family was a cult formed by Anne Hamilton Byrne in the mid 1960s. As with lots of cults from this time period, the cult used teachings from Western religion mixed in with like Eastern spirituality mm. and like shamans and that sort of stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, it's very much like cult playbook stuff and started referring to herself as Jesus reincarnated in the female form. Um, she told members of the cult that the world was going to end. There's like so much to say about this cult, but without and Hamilton Byrne, it wouldn't exist. So it's important to talk about her. So I'm going to tell you a bit about her first. Okay. Interesting, um, uh, like a female-led cult as well. It is interesting, mm. yeah. And unlike a lot of cults, there's no weird sex stuff. So mm. there's, another, <laughs> there's another cult, um, what is it called? What is it? Something like love is happiness, love will love wins or something like that there's some cult like that that's led by a female as well and there's no weird sex stuff in that one either <laughs> yeah <laughs> just like the the usual stuff that happens in a cult but just minus the like weird sex stuff yeah <laughs> okay so Anne was born evelyn Ooh, i like that name evelyn yeah i don't evelyn evie cute Anne was born Evelyn Grace Victoria Edwards on the 30th of December 1921 in Sale, a small rural town in Victoria. She was the oldest of seven children. Seven? Yeah. Her mother, Florence, suffered with schizophrenia. Mm. She believed that she... In what, in the 20s? Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. She believed that she was a medium who could speak to the dead, and rumour has it that she once set fire to her own hair in the middle of the street. Unsurprisingly, especially for that time period, she was in and out of mental hospitals throughout Anne's childhood. Yeah. So she was institutionalised for most of Anne's life. Her father, Ralph, pretty much abandoned the family. There was this form that he filled out at some point after he'd had seven children and on the form it asked how many children he had and he said zero. Oh. Yeah. So Anne's spent- Incorrect. Yeah. That's <laughs> Oh, you got that that question wrong. <laughs> it's actually seven. It's actually seven, sir. <laughs> um so Anne spent much of her childhood in group homes. As an adult, Anne told people a very different story about her childhood, stating that her family were Scottish royalty. She changed her name, got into yoga and married her first husband, Lionel Harris. So she just, it seems like, narrative. wanted yeah. to, like, yeah. distance herself from that life. Which Scottish royalty. Which, you know what, I'm like, yeah, okay, fair enough. Who cares? Like, if, you, if, you're, if you've had a really shitty start to life and you want to make up that it was something different, yeah, go I mean, for it. No harm. Yeah. So Scottish royalty, though, that's a weird... It's random. Yeah. She had red hair. I don't know, maybe she... Oh, she was like, <laughs> yeah. what's possible? Yeah. Maybe um, her If you family... had the chance to change your fit... <laughs> we watched that today. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, maybe their family down the line were Scottish. So with this guy, Lionel, she had one child, Judith Harris, who later became Natasha Hamilton Byrne. Lionel ended up having to get compassionate leave to stay home with Anne and the baby due to concerns for her mental health. Okay. The couple actually had plans to adopt a second child, though. However, this was not to be as not long before the adoption went through, Lionel died in a car crash in Bathurst. Is This, is all, this all sounds quite ahead of its time. Like the fact that he stayed home with her. Yeah. And the can... fact that they were going to um, adopt as well. Well, adoption back then was a lot easier than it is now. Yeah, but even just that they were considering it, given that she was one of seven, 
Mm. I would imagine, like, I can imagine a family, someone from a, a big family being like, well, I want to have a big family too. I'm going to have a big And she you know. did. She did want to have a big family. Yeah. I wonder if maybe they had trouble conceiving the second yeah. child. And okay. so then it was just like, okay, we'll adopt then. Yeah. Okay. Um, they were going to adopt a little boy. Following his death, Anne got extensive plastic surgery to alter how mm. she looked and started a yoga class predominantly for middle and upper class women. And from here, you start to see her morph into Anne, like cult leader. Anne. Yeah, right. Yoga is such a um, gateway drug to that. Uh huh. Yeah, I know, right? When, How when many white cults? people, like like Western white people, get into yoga? Mm-hmm. It's like they somehow. I mean, remember but what, this time period? <laughs> yeah, particularly. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember when you and I used to do yoga on Wii Fit? Oh my god, I'm so so bad, so at, it. bad at it. <laughs> <laughs> Was it awkward aeroplane? The one that I just, just couldn't could not do. do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a very awkward aeroplane. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So in these yoga classes, that it was sort of like upper class women. Sorry, was she in. upper class? No. Okay. However, it doesn't say how she got her money. Yeah. But to have extensive plastic surgery, I was going to say yeah, and it wasn't like shitty plastic surgery. Like she looked like she was attractive. So. I don't know. She must Maybe have had, he had the life insurance. I'm assuming it must have yeah. been some kind of payout or something from his death. Yeah. What did he I do for a living? Though. Pardon? What did he do for a living? Uh, he was in the army. Okay. Um, or I think the army. It was something like that because yeah. that that was how he got compassionate leave to look after, stay home, and the kid. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, it doesn't actually say how she managed to because obviously she started out extremely poor so Mm. um yeah but these yoga classes also were popular so she was a yoga teacher so she made money that way as well okay and we're now in like the 60s 70s yeah so during these yoga classes and started to share her philosophy with the group it was a mixture of christianity buddhism hinduism and there was also a dash of like the apocalypse is coming oh yeah you start to see that through um now this isn't particularly important but she briefly married and divorced a guy called michael riley in 1965 he was a groundskeeper at king's college but the marriage only lasted a year however he did have a lasting impact on anne's life because of an acquaintance of his that anne met through him so through her second husband anne heard about raynor johnson raynor or Rainer, or Raynor. This yeah. is like Eleanor, like Eleanor yeah. or Eleanor. Yeah. Um, so this guy was the head of Queen's College in Melbourne oh. and was an extremely bright physicist. Rainer, however, was also nearing retirement and starting to show more and more interest in mysticism and spirituality. He was going a little bit... Dotty. <laughs> I don't know if he was going dotty, but he was like... <laughs> He was getting into, like, mediums and, mm. like, you know, science and magic are just, like, they're so so similar and, you know. Okay. I reckon his classes probably would have been fun because he would have been super wacky. Mm. I reckon I would have been like, is this going to be in the fucking exam? Because like, <laughs> if it's not. <laughs> so by most accounts, Anne basically stalked Raina until she could facilitate a way to meet him. So Love that for her. Yeah, so she pretty much, her husband kind of, I guess, was like, oh, yeah, that's Raynor. He's the he's the head of the college. And she was like, she was just got her sights on him. Yeah. And then was like. I'm with the greenskeeper. 
Shirin, she didn't have a Scottish accent. <laughs> Groundskeeper Willie. <laughs> she she wasn't actually Scottish. She was lying about that. <laughs> Sorry, keep going. <laughs> so anyway, she did eventually like find a way to meet him, and then when she met him, started talking about her sort of philosophies and all that sort of stuff. Uh, and obviously he lapped that up. Like and, a little kitten. Yep. And this guy had friends in extremely high places. Yeah. So remember, he was the head of King's College, which was yeah. a very prestigious college. So some of his friends were founding members of the Liberal Party, Ansett Airline, like the guy Ansett, whatever his name was. Yeah. Also, did you know that Ansett had a TV station that is now Channel 10? Wow. Yeah, I didn't know that. So, yeah, it was the perfect storm. Raynor was looking for someone to guide him through the world of Eastern mysticism and spirituality, and Anne was looking for someone with power and influence who could draw more people of influence into her group. So he's old. Yes. She's young. Yes. This wasn't a romantic relationship. Oh, yeah. It was... Was it romantic for him, though? No. Okay. Um, some people say that he was like quite flattered that she was like a young girl was taking interest in him. Yeah. Well, she wasn't that young, She, but she had had a fair bit of plastic surgery. How old was she? 30? Um, <laughs> she was in her forties by this Oh my period. God, an old maid. But like, you know what I mean? She wasn't yeah, like a 20, 20 year old, yeah. but she was, people describe her as attractive and she looked younger than she actually was. She got that and, hot yoga bod. Yeah. And that yeah. hot plastic surgery face. And this guy was like in his 60s and not, an old fart, not particularly attractive. In the 50s and 60s in Australia, as in a lot of other Western countries, there was a huge uptick in interest in spirituality and Eastern spirituality in particular. Mm-hmm. So Anne and Raynor started hosting quote, religious and philosophical discussion groups, end quote. Oh, God, what a wank fest that would be. Wait, wait for it. They started a group called the Great White Brotherhood of Initiates and Masters. Oh. Yeah, which they later renamed the family, which definitely has a better ring to it. Yeah. So they're a, a white supremacist cult too. Well, see, here's the other thing. That doesn't get talked about a lot. Okay. But... Obviously. (laughs) (laughs) They're not racist. You just have to be white to join the group. Yeah, and we'll get into it a bit more later. It's not a huge part of – it's not, like, part of their preachings or anything. But, I mean, yeah, come on. If you have white in the the name of your group. Also weird that that they chose white brotherhood when Anne is, like, the leader of the (laughs) – yeah, initiates and masters, which is also – that sounds kind of kinky. Are we sure there's nothing sexual going on? Well, I, I don't know. Not not by most accounts, but I wouldn't be surprised. Because they reckon that, I mean, you would you would know, you have, you've done a lot more research on cults than I have, but they reckon that cults either make, make everyone have heaps of sex or make everyone abstain from sex. There's not just like anyone, like they don't just let them do whatever they want with sex. Mm. They either control it and stop people well, from doing it. Well, there is talk about her, um, like... So a lot of the women in the yoga group were kind of from, I guess, stale, unhappy marriages. Yeah. There was a lot of, like, leave your husband stuff going on. Yeah, okay. But also... Dump him. Yeah, like... (laughs) (laughs) Kind of like... eh. That's probably good advice. Yeah, 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 back then probably a lot of them were shitheads. Yeah. (laughs) So through Raynor, 
and acquired a number of useful cult members, including a psychiatrist named Howard Whitaker. Dr. Whitaker was legally allowed to use LSD and psilocybin to treat his patients at that time. Oh, shit. And through him, Anne was able to get a supply for her group members. I'll L- join this group. <laughs> Just for the drugs. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I believe it. Can I have some more psilocybin? <laughs> you know, um, MDMA therapy is now, like, gone yeah. pretty mainstream. Yeah. Like, you could go to the doctor and get a mental health plan to... Yeah, it's sick. LSD and psilocybin were used heavily within the family. When people were initiated, quote, into the group, it would generally involve Anne administering them with heavy doses of the hallucinogens and guiding them through their trip. So because she was the one guiding them, Mm. that's obviously going to, for a start, make them sort of believe in her a bit more. And Mm. Manson used to do this as well. While doing this, she would tell them that she was Jesus Christ reincarnated and so then they would come out of these trips have with her having Christ. guided <laughs> with her having guided them through it and then also through it telling them yes i am jesus christ yeah. you are correct yes i am it is and me it's true yeah yes okay uh you got me i'm here you got me yeah yep. it is me and so then they would come out of it and be like oh my god I've, I've, I've seen the truth, yeah. So this was a successful strategy that ensured most of her followers accepted her as some kind of divine being. So this cult was initially based out of a property in Fernie Creep in the Dandenong Ranges. Again, like, it was an expensive house, an expensive area, so she must have had some initial money. Well, um, but also, if she's hosting these sessions, I bet they're like, oh, it costs like 20 bucks to get through the door. The door. Yeah, but this was her house. Oh. Like she lived in a fancy house. Oh, righto. Um, Yeah. As more and more wealthy people joined the group, they started to buy up nearby properties until it was pretty much a whole street of the family cult members. And this was in, again, a wealthy, well-to-do area. Mm. I like the idea of buying a street with my friends. I love that idea. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, all your friends living on the same street. Yeah. The only thing is, because Greg's talked about this before, and I I always said I'd have to have really good fences and gates and keep them locked and stuff, because I wouldn't like people just, like, wandering over for a cuppa. Oh, yeah. Be like, fuck off until, like, Friday at 7, and then we'll all walk over and have fun. Like, you would be – you'd probably be excommunicated from the street. They'd be like, mm. Sarah is not getting into the spirit of it. Yeah, she's not getting into the communal living. Yeah. <laughs> One thing that's interesting that they talk about with this cult is because they were more well-off people, they're not going to go for communal living Yeah, because they're used to a certain standard of living. And so this was kind of the closest that Anne could get to communal living was having them all have their own fucking fancy-ass houses, but really, really close to each other. So Rainer bought a particularly nice place that they named uh, Santa Nicotan Lodge. Okay. I bet it's not pronounced like that. I looked it up and I wrote it out phonetically. I'll have you know. Oh, Santinicetan. To give you an idea of how spenny these properties would have been, Rainer's house used to belong to the Chief of Justice, John Latham, who used to be leader of the opposition party. So these were like very expensive houses. Yeah. In 1978, Anne married her third and final husband, Bill Byrne. He was described as a handbag. <laughs> yep. Apparently he was handsome and compliant and would just do whatever Anne wanted. 
That being said, the kids have talked about him being psycho when he lost his temper, so there must have been some kind of repressed resentment there. But when you watch interviews of Anne and Bill, he is very much just, like, following her lead and, like, she'll say something and he'll be like, yeah, it's that, it's that, like, oh, yeah. like a little did, puppy. Did she meet him through the group? Did I? Okay. I'm not sure how she met him. I probably did read that somewhere, actually. It's just I don't think it's important. So a lot of the things that Anne preached were your basic culty, religious and spiritual melting pot kind of things like we've talked about. But among them were two important ideas that kind of underpin what this cult ended up doing and what they're about. So Anne convinced the group that there would soon be a great karmic cleansing of the world. In other words, an apocalypse. Yeah. She convinced her followers that... As Jesus, she would take on their earthly sins for them, assuring them that they would then be sin-free when this event happened. All she asked for in return was their complete obedience. Good trade-off. Yeah, I guess. Like, all, I'll take on all of your everything sins. You've, everything bad mm-hmm. you've done. Yeah. You just have to do what I say. Do whatever I say now right now. Yeah. Another important side to this karmic cleansing of the world was that afterwards they would need to rebuild the world Mm. and re-educate those who remained with Anne's teachings. So to do this, Anne said they needed a family. So they needed children. This is so similar to the Manson family teachings. Yeah. Because they believed that's that's what the Helter Skelter stuff was, wasn't it? It was the... the... No, that was a race war. They thought there was going to be a race war. But then then his his family, his Manson family, was going to have to teach the black people how to live because he said they were too dumb to yeah but i mean cult leaders always have this thing where it's like whatever whatever the apocalypse thing is there'll be this their small group that are okay um and then they'll either have to re-educate or they'll be like moved to somewhere safe or whatever whatever hayley bop yeah. yeah yeah so she said that they needed children to continue on their teachings and whatever this is foreshadowing because this is where the the group sort of because up until here there's really no victims this is just a bunch of adults who they're all consenting to taking these drugs and you know mm-hmm. they're all and i guess it. like a bunch of rip, rich people giving they're her all, a bit of money exactly so they they did give her part of their income but because mm-hmm. they're all loaded anyway it's like eat the rich yeah, yeah who cares? exactly who cares so Anne quote unquote adopted 14 children and raised many more who she did not adopt but who were members children and who spent various amounts of times there all up it's estimated that 28 children were part of the family and i say adopted in in quotes because most of these adoptions were extremely morally questionable bordering on illegal like most of them were illegal nowadays would 100 percent be illegal But unfortunately, at that time in Australia, forced adoptions were a thing. So this is something that is a part of Australian history. I'm not sure how much you know about it. Are you aware of, like, what happened to, like, unwed mums in the 60s and 70s here? No. Basically, young and unwed mothers were heavily coerced, sometimes essentially forced, when it comes to these guys, this group, sometimes drugged, to give up their babies for adoption 
It was a very cruel practice that occurred throughout the 50s, 60s and 70s. And during that time, approximately 225,000 babies were taken from their mums due to being illegitimate. And so, like, I watched this clip of a news article from, like, must have been the early 70s or something and they're like the mother who is unwed da, 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 da. and then it was like the baby will now be taken and will become legitimate and like uh, like they just if the mum didn't have a partner or yeah. wasn't married or was young it was like she was trash and the baby had to go to like a proper family so interesting that that was still occurring in the 70s yeah julia gillard actually did an apology to the oh, yeah. women and the babies yeah yeah right Good on her. So, because it, it was a government thing. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Anyway, um, basically Anne's method was this. The doctor delivering the baby was a cult member. The midwife was a cult member. And the social worker facilitating the adoption was a cult member. Clever. All, all bases loaded. Yes. So the baby was handed over to Anne before the mum had even been given a chance to look at the baby. They would literally give birth to the baby, cut the cord get the baby out of the room sometimes the mum was drugged up sometimes mm. they were just like uh, apparently like one mum had a pillow put over her face like they just got the baby out of there there were other ways that she got children as i say like adopting other cult members babies but generally it was these dodgy adoptions that's how she got most of them Anne obviously wasn't upfront about this with all of the group members and she even convinced a few people that she was pregnant so she'd wear so she was too old to <laughs> to be having babies at this time like Mm. i mean probably technically she could i think she was maybe like mid 40s or something yeah but too old to be having like baby after baby but if she's if she's divine she can (laughs) pop them out whenever she wants well also people thought she was younger than she was oh (laughs) and so she'd wear these like flowy maternity clothes and then randomly a month or two later she'd show up with a newborn and people would be like oh she had her baby and then they'd be like which lucky cult member knocked her up well, Bill. She was with Bill. Then. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, all of the kids were supposedly Anne and Bill's. Ah, uh, yep. So as Anne and Bill were often globetrotting, the children were cared for by, quote, aunties. Why were they globetrotting? Because they were rich and they had properties all over the world. Hmm. Why wouldn't they live it up? Well, because she, I mean, she, she should have been stuff looking- like she she went to um to a shaman and like you know things like that. She went to a shaman to learn from him, and you know she should have been looking after her cult. Should have been looking after all these kids she illegally adopted, but <laughs> no, she got these women in the cult. So the aunties were members of the cult. Yeah. Now the main aunties that get talked about, who were involved in this were Trish McFarlane, Elizabeth Whitaker, that's the psychiatrist's wife, uh, Margot McLennan and Wynne Bellman. So the way that they treated these children was horrible. And they would like try to say that they were following orders that Anne said that this is how the kids needed to be treated. But I don't know. She wasn't there. So I, I feel like, I feel like they're sort of, the type of people who like in concentration camps or like I was just following orders mm. um it's that kind of thing I don't get it like if Anne wasn't there I feel like you could just be like oh yeah yeah I smacked him yeah yeah she's crying now mm-hmm. but I bet the other cult members would dob you in yeah probably but then like you'd be like fuck you I'm not gonna beat a kid up like if you were if you believed that God was telling you to. Jesus. Sorry, Jesus. I don't know the difference. Well, I don't believe in either of them. So. <laughs> yeah, but if, if you did, 
Maybe that's a good thing about not believing in things. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, so in 1987, things started going wrong for Anne and the cult in a big way. Raynor Johnson died. Oh, no. Obviously, Raynor was a big part of providing legitimacy to the group. Yeah. So his passing would have been a huge blow. Oh, because he would have been like 100 at that point. Yeah. Who knows how old he was then? Yeah. yeah. Fuck. Then, and even more significantly, Sarah Moore, one of the more well-known children from the cult, um, well-known now, not at the time, obviously, but okay. um, she's been quite outspoken since about like their experiences there. She was, I read that she was kicked out um, for being rebellious, but I don't know if she was actually kicked out in the sense that like they actually kicked her out of the door and told her she had to leave. Cause I also heard that she ran away. So whatever. Classic the- Sarah. <laughs> well, good on her because trouble. what she did was she went to the police and informed them what was happening to the children at the property. She was still a child herself at this point, And she essentially saved the other children in doing so. So in August, child protection and police raided the property and removed the children that were still there. And also something to consider that makes it even more brave what she did, the fact that she was a kid, that she had like grown up in this cult. These kids were, they were raised being told that the police were out to get them and like mm, what's like the, and- um, the Turpin family. So Sarah described what the daily routine was like at Eildon or up top, as it was colloquially known by the kids and other cult members. This is where the kids mostly stayed. Up top? Yeah, this is one of the properties. Okay. Because remember, these guys had a heap of properties Mm. to their name. Mm. And remember, this is, these kids, this is their whole life. Like, nobody, like, giving them a cuddle and, like, no, what's your favourite show or anything like that. This was what their life was. The children woke up at 6am and made their beds. On one day, the girls showered. On the next day, the boys showered. There was an hour of yoga, 15 minutes of listening to Anne's teaching, 15 minutes of chanting mantras, 15 minutes of meditation, and 15 minutes of setting up the classroom for school. They would then have fruit for breakfast, followed by three hours of school with a short break in between. No food. They then had an hour of meditation or a game called Spaceball that Anne had apparently come up with and the kids hated. They... (laughs) They said it was boring. <laughs> it's like like your mum been like, oh, yes. this cool game I made. And everyone's been like, Spaceball. Uh, yeah, all right. We'll Fun. play Spaceball. Yeah. <laughs> they then had lunch, which was fruit and steamed vegetables, before another three hours of school and packing up the classroom. After school, the children did meditation, ate dinner, which was always something bland, and then went to bed. That was every single day, including the time periods. Like it was extremely regimented. Yeah. The fridge and cupboard were locked, so they couldn't get extra food if they wanted. It was just this. The, the kids were um, often, like, borderline starving. Mm-hmm. The children were, wet, were made to wear matching clothes, which were quite fancy. They were described as Von Trapp. Von Trapp? Yeah-ish. Trying to, trying to picture that. But, like, school uniform looking? Well, no, like, um, like... They look like a... Really... I'll have to Google it. A bit royal. Okay. Famously, they all had bleach blonde hair and identical haircuts. Now, some of the ginger-haired kids didn't have to have their hair dyed because Anne was a natural redhead, so she oh, was she like, oh, well, like, because they're my kid. Um, Look like my ancestors. She wasn't Scottish. <laughs> You've really bought into this. 
Um, but yeah, most of them did have this weird. Have you seen the pictures? No. You will recognize them when I show you. It's like I, from The Simpsons. When I show you. Um, yeah, they look like the children of the corn. Yeah. They have a like almost like a like the fringe here and then like cut straight around, but peroxide blonde, bleach blonde. And when asked why they did this, Bill and Anne said it was because they wanted all of the children to feel like siblings. But something else to consider, you've never had your hair bleached before, but when you bleach your hair up to the root, like when you bleach it from here and to get it as blonde as these kids had it, it's actually quite painful. So there were little kids who had this done and like your scalp burns, like you sit there when it's being done and you're like, oh yeah, it's fucking burning. Like I've heard people say that about um, John Bonet Ramsey, that because her mum dyed her hair yeah. and people are saying like, well, it, that, that in itself is like weird and shows a lack of mm. care from the mum because it hurts to have your hair dyed like that. Yeah. If you're bleaching it like up to the roots, yeah. Um, especially like I'll show you these kids, their hair, there's no regrowth or anything. It is bright blonde. Right. Okay. Um, so they would have had to have had a heap of fucking bleach on there. Mm-hmm. Like their hair would have been fried. Their heads would have been fried. So anyway. The children were beaten with belts and cords for any minor indiscretion, including wetting the bed. So in the mornings, the aunties would come around and if one of the kids had wet the bed, they'd get taken off and beaten. I was literally telling Lachlan and Shannon yesterday about how I used to piss the bed all the time. You didn't that much. It wasn't that much. I mean, I remember it. You remember it probably because I was really mean to you about it. I told them that too. Because <laughs> we shared a bed, and then I, I told ha- them that as well. And I had to have the plastic <laughs> sheet, and I was it. like, "How come I have to have it just because Emma wets the bed? Because <laughs> she can't keep the piss in her pants." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you didn't that much. It wasn't like a thing for ages. They had their heads dunked in cold water, and they were essentially starved with food used as a punishment or reward. At that time, unfortunately, you needed a fair bit of evidence to convict someone of child abuse. Remember, it was the 80s. Lots of people still smacked their kids. Lots of people still got a wooden spoon and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. So as there were no photos of bruising and no, like, tangible evidence, just all of the – I mean, all of the kids, once they were out, backed up, were Mm. like, yep, 100%, Mm. that's what was happening. It was just the kids' story. So no charges were laid for any of that stuff. But the aunties were charged with social security fraud and some even spent short stints in jail, but not very long and not for any of the actual awful things that they did. So anyway, after that happened, the cult kind of collapsed. Collapsed, yeah. Um, I guess people are a key component of a cult. Yes, and Bill and Anne were overseas when this stuff kind of kicked off and so they basically uh had to they were in america um they were in the catskills i think one of their many properties Mm. and so there was like a joint operation with the afp here and the fbi to arrest them and bring them back to australia basically after all of this all of the possible charges that could be laid they were very very clever in the way that they did it i guess because in the end she both of them ended up getting, I think it was a $5,000 fine, no jail time, nothing like that. And they're rich. So $5,000 is chump change to them. Mm. So that was all that happened to Bill and Anne. Uh, Ever? Yeah. Legally. Yeah. So where are they now? Bill died in the early 2000s and Anne was diagnosed with dementia shortly after. 
She actually lived a very long time following her diagnosis, but spent it in a care facility. I'm assuming she probably was looked after like royalty because she's so rich. She died at 97 years old in 2019. So only recently. Yeah. Unfortunately, a number of the children who were in the cult have died by either suicide or drug overdoses, and many are still suffering with the emotional damage caused by their childhoods. A class action lawsuit was filed to try and compensate some of the surviving children for the trauma they went through from Anne's enormous personal fortune. I'll tell you a bit about that in a minute. But Sarah Moore, she had this to say about Anne's money before her death. This is all a quote. Yeah. Judging by all the real estate she owns throughout the world, I estimate she is worth at least $150 million. Broom Farm, with its three-story mansion and 40 hectares or so of farmland, must be worth several million dollars alone. She owns at least one more English house. There is one in Crowborough and I think in Red Hill. She and her companies, Fafet and Audet, own at least a dozen houses in Fernie Creek and another house in Olinda. She and Bill have, or did have a few years ago, a huge property just outside Traralgon. In the United States, the large property in the Catskill Mountains outside New York has three houses on it. And of course, there was up top 2.5 hectares of waterfront land in the popular holiday area of Lake Ilden. It's a lot of money. Yeah. The lawsuit had to be delayed when Anne died in 2019. This was yeah. the class action lawsuit. Yeah. But it was settled in 2022 with the executors of Anne's estate agreeing to pay $600,000 to the group members involved in the lawsuit. Not each, all up. That is abysmal. Yeah. The thing is, um, I think that because they had very high up people in this cult, I think there were lawyers who knew how to move money around and make things sort of not easily accessible, you know, how to put things in other people's name and mm. that sort of thing. So so Anne's personal fortune is not that large. It's like... Like oh, probably it's, it's, on paper it's not. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, I'm not sure who were the cult members who ended up getting that money when she died. Yeah. Who it ended up going to. Well, you said 28 kids, right? Yeah, but they didn't go to the kids. Who did it go to? Like cult members, other cult members. Once the kids were out, they all turned against Anne. Oh, all the cult members turned against Anne? No, the kids. Yeah, so wouldn't this money go to the kids? No, the kids turned against Anne. (laughs) Yes. So who took the class action? The kids. Yes. So then the money is granted to them. The $600,000. Yes. Yes. But I'm I'm talking about the money after Anne died, like the millions of dollars. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, like what's happening to that money? Yeah, because yeah. that $600,000, that was ordered to be paid from the people who had been given Anne's money because Anne was already dead by that point. Mm-hmm. So, so it's from her estate. It's from her estate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. But her estate but, was yes. given to... And, and so so what I'm saying is 600000 was divided up between 28 kids. Of, no, not all 28 were part of the right, class action. Right, the ones that were alive still or and, and agreed to take part in the class yeah. action. Okay. It's very sad, though, because a lot of the kids, as I say, haven't made... Like Sarah Moore, so she... She actually, it's incredible. She really like made something of herself. She went and became a doctor. She traveled all over the world, um, but she tried to take her life at one point and then she had health issues that as a result, as mm-hmm. a result of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, she died a few years after that. So like, and a lot of people were on drugs and like mm-hmm. these kids were not okay after mm-hmm. having this kind of childhood. And remember, it's not just the abuse. It's also the fact that like they had no, nobody loving like, mm-hmm. no mm-hmm. loving person 
to yeah well it's like it's like that if a kid isn't hugged in the early years of their life that they have atrophies in their brain yeah like. they, they're fucked up yeah yeah and the sad thing is that these kids probably did have mums who like would have loved them who mm. just were you know Unword. not yeah exactly not worthy of having their children keeping their, their children at that time so yeah that is the family <laughs> I had I had no I never had heard of them. Okay, I'm going to show you a picture because I feel like if I show you the picture, you might it might ring a bell for you. I want to say Hot Anne. Yeah, I'll show you her in a minute. And I want to say Hot Bill. Never seen him before. No. Scary. Yeah. Let me see her. She kind of looks like Mum. I was gonna say, mm-hmm. <laughs> especially in that one. Yeah. She looks like our mum, guys. <laughs> yeah, she does. Um, but that's after her plastic surgery. But that's what she looked like originally. Whoa, quite different. Uh-huh. That's what I mean. Extensive plastic surgery. And they did a fairly good job for the yeah. time period. Like, she doesn't look weird afterwards. No. She, you know, she still looks normal. She doesn't look, like, fucked up or anything. She does have quite a forehead on her, though. Yeah, she's got a five head. Yeah. <laughs> let me sh- Let me see Bill. Obviously not the best photo of Whoa. him. Whoa! <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> nah, let me let me find a like, a good one of him because I think he was fairly attractive. I thought, yeah, I thought you said he was hot. <laughs> it looks like he's half asleep. There's one. Oh yeah, he's he's okay. Yeah, yeah, he's he's not like hideous. Yeah. So yeah, that is the family. Awesome. A pretty fucked up story. I can't believe you never heard of it before. Yeah, me neither. Annoying that nothing happened to her. Very annoying that nothing happened to her or Bill. I guess she got dementia, but then that's like. That happens to to everyone. Yeah. Well, not everyone. And they, yeah. And they became incredibly wealthy and they were able to lead like a very nice life and they didn't have to pull these kids into it. That's the thing that annoys me. Mm. They were fine just doing their thing. With adults, with everyone consenting and da 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 da. That's the other thing. They gave the kids high doses of hallucinogens as well mm. when they were kids. Mm. So mm. that fucked up their brains too. Mm-hmm. Like they they didn't have to add that aspect into it and just wanted her little like perfect family. Um, I watched this interview where the interviewer was like, why did you adopt fucking like 100 kids? And she was like, I love children. Mm. Fuck off, you love children. That's why you wanted like to be on the phone listening to them getting beaten. Anyway, she's a piece of work and she left a trail of destruction and also a lot of money behind. And now she's dead. And now she's dead. But only recently. Her legacy lives on, unfortunately. Yeah. All right. Well, good one. Thank you. Thanks for telling me that. (laughs) Tune in next week uh, when I don't know what I'm going to talk about. Have you not started yet? Nope. Fun. I like when you haven't started because you sometimes pick something like off the wall. Yeah, I know. Sometimes I go crazy. Yeah. Um, Do you follow the schedule at all? Sometimes. I'll check what I've got in there and then I'll I'll, I'll be like, "Mm, nah. Yeah, I do that too. (laughs) I check it and then I'm like, I don't feel like reading about that. More often than not, I'll start to research it and I'll be like, there's not a lot in this. Right. Um, And then I have to pivot last minute. So, So, yeah, tune in and who knows what I'll be talking about. See what it is. Thanks, everyone. Bye.